0: Welcome back to The Green Element Podcast, where we feature business leaders and innovators transforming their operations to be more environmentally and socially sustainable. I'm your host, Will Richardson, and I can't wait to meet our guest today and help you on your journey of sustainability. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to The Green Element Podcast. I am so looking forward to welcoming our guest today, Steve Malkin from Planet Mark planet mark are a very innovative and different certification helping you and your organization reduce that environmental footprint year on year we explore aspects of environmental management what is it that you can do to reduce and some best practice out there steve welcome to the green element podcast thank you so much for joining us today Uh, I'm really excited to understand more about Planet Mark and how you set it up, why you set it up, and what drove you to set it up, and also to find out where where you see yourself going and what sort of things are you trying to achieve in the future
1: good. Well, there's an intro. Yes. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Let's, let's, let's nail that down in the next 30 or 40 minutes. I'd love to do that. Um, <laughs> but yes. Well, come on then. Let's, let's press launch control and, and get in there. Yeah. So Brilliant. Yeah, I'm Steve Malkin, um, founder of the Planet Mark and uh, uh, very, very passionate about the subject we're about to, to talk about.
0: So what was your background before you set up Planet Mark?
1: Oh, crikey. Okay, so um, I've got quite an unusual background. But anyway, let's summarise it briefly. I trained as a civil engineer um, years and years ago, which I loved. I always find engineers great to work with. They kind of sort of give them a problem, they'll solve it. So that was really a great background. Loved that. Um, I was doing some car racing, interestingly, at the time in my younger years. I did some karting and car racing, and I went to work at Brands Hatch Motor Racing Track, uh, which is one of, one of only ever two jobs I've ever been employed to do. Um, and then sort of set up my own sort of PR and marketing consultancy, which I ran for a number of years. Along the way, we broke some Guinness World Records and you know, helping people, you know, have great fun together, coming together to raise money for charity, but doing something really exciting at the same time. And then when I had three boys, I had a bit of an epiphany as we all do, don't we, and realised that maybe if I had a modicum of talent, then it could be better directed. So um, I got into the whole sort of green thing and uh, um, and have been doing that for the last 16 or 17 years.
0: Brilliant. What, what drove you to set up Planet Mark? and that kind of rather than going to consultancy or maybe going to yeah. something like fourth you know other pr companies what what's drove you to a certification
1: i think it's really uh, so i think that um you know having done the marketing and the pr work i think they realized that everything that you know we can talk about with confidence and authority and um, is underpinned by truth so um, and it certainly was for the type of work that we were doing in, in PR and marketing. So it, there was a nugget of truth underlying everything. When we moved into try, you know, when I moved into looking at, you know, climate issues, I think the engineering part of it came through, which is we need to measure stuff and quantify stuff to understand what the situation is. And then if you overlay some communication on top of that, then you can support change to happen because it's evidence based um activity and um so the certification idea really came from that um and you know so the ability to to quantify activity and change and you know pay that back to people and communicate it to people then it helps reinforce that change and, and perhaps direct it as well and that i suppose underpinned the you know the concepts of a certification like the planet mark
0: and you're unique at Planet Mark, I think. You may just go. Actually, there are other people that do this, but you're unique in the fact that your certification um, you have to reduce year on year, and in order to achieve and um, keep your certification, is that right?
1: It is right. Yeah, and um, I, I suppose we're not unique in that perspective. In, in a, but I think you know you know we are from an annual perspective. You know, so each year. Every organization that we work with needs to um, at least measure and reduce its carbon emissions
0: mm.
1: and um, we're about to announce our sort of latest stats uh, we have a ninety nine point three percent success rate in the planet mark, which we're you know uh, proud wow. of and that keeps pushing us and it helps keep pushing the organizations we work with so you know ninety nine point three percent of organizations who want to hold it. They get it, they retain it, and that means that they're measuring and reducing carbon. But as you know, it's, you know, life isn't restricted to you know it's an interconnected world. So we're also now measuring social value, and this is sort of a an organisation's contribution to society. So we're gonna you know overlay that as well as the carbon. We're going to be measuring social value as well. So social and environmental you know measurement and reporting you know um, are going to go hand in hand. Brilliant.
0: As I mean, do you you practice what you preach?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. So we we kind of walk the talk, right? So, um, Mm. yeah, we measure our carbon. We measure our social value. Um, It's very important that we do that because, well, clearly it's important because we ask every organization to do it. You know, every, every company on the planet could be measuring and reducing its carbon and would see a benefit from doing it. Every single company could do that. They could do it right now. So, um, yeah, we've been doing it. We do it for, you know, obviously doing it you know for a long time. Um, But it also sort of, you know, raises sort of issues in around, you know, how do we get data? How do we improve data? um, And how do we continue to, you know, affect change and, you know, reduce our emissions, given the fact they're quite low? So, um, you know, we need to face the same challenges as every holder of the planet, Mark, and arguably be a step ahead.
0: And would you, are you able to, I'm just thinking of all, you said 99.3% of your businesses have um, reduced. I mean, is there a way for for people to learn off each other on that? I mean, is that something that you're able to do? Or
1: Yeah, 100%. So, um, you know, uh, like everybody out there, what we don't want to do is reinvent the wheel. And there's a not a lot of knowledge and great insight sloshing about in different places, be it on the internet or in every individual's person, you know, that has great, you know, ways of, of you know driving sustainability and delivering practical measures to do that. So um we share, you know, free content all the time, free knowledge, toolkits, and we just put it in the public domain and enable people to access it. Um, you know, so within our member network, obviously, but also, you know, outside it. So, you know, for any listener here today, if they want some information, we can, you know, um, you know give you some signposting to that. But it, it can come in different forms and forums, can't it? You know, so mm-hmm. we digest and access information, or access and digest information in different ways. So um, we try to make it readily available for different formats, be it carbon clinics, which you can get for free, roundtables webinars or just talk it so you can sit and and read
0: what's the most intuitive or kind of fun thing that you've seen an organization do i mean i I know that's a really hard question for me to ask because you're like what really we have hundreds of people i'm just wondering if there was anything that stood out or you're like actually a lot of them are really good or because i don't know how i would answer that myself which is why i'm kind of like (laughs) yeah
1: thanks for throwing that particular curveball in. So. You know, so it's like, say, what makes you interesting? (laughs) You know, so what's the most? So I tell you, so look, you know, um, first of all, creativity has got a role to play in sustainability. Right. Um, Because some of the stuff we do dealing with is quite hardcore. um, And some of it, you know, just doesn't float people's boats. like measuring carbon isn't everyone's cup of tea or even talking about it. So. Creativity and the ability to sort of engage people in different ways that suits them is very very important. Our relationship with the Eden Project is kind of founded on some of that stuff, I suppose, Um, and um, so we try and take some of the ways that they go about dealing with tricky issues and making them very personal and very relevant is is great. So you know, putting people in touch with nature, which is a typical Eden-esque type of you know work, is is a great way of doing it. Um, A company that really springs to mind the I was kind of blown away with this um uh, company called Rowlington knitwear and Rowlington knitwear makes school uniforms right and they have uh they work with factories um in Egypt i think in asia uh there's two factories there and they're an employee owned business of about hundred people. Um, and what they do is they do fairly regular sustainability days. You go, ah, oh, well, everyone does those things, right? Well, this company did it really in a different way. So they brought in a few sort of different experts. Um, the whole company shut down for a day, um, and you know, groups that you know would move from different different sort of experts that set up to provide different types of conversations. Yeah, but they made it really engaging by asking people. They turned it into games had games in around sustainability what we could do how we could do things better um and then they presented some awards at the end of the day for the best ideas um there were prizes on offer they got some you know some an outside caterer to provide some fantastic fabulous vegan food um they'd bake their own cakes, so they just got everyone involved across the business so yeah, there's a creative element to that. There's also a really practical element to it. And then what the outcomes of that activity in that day for shutting down your business to do that, they got a load of really, really good ideas. Yeah, and everyone was brought in. And, um, yeah, uh, so um, I think it's that mix of practical and sort of creative. Oh, that sounds
0: cool. Uh, Brilliant. And, so planet mark and and i would be it would it would be wrong for me not to mention iso 14001 for example um what would you see the fundamental differences between planet mark and iso 14001
1: um okay so there's common ground in there that i suppose in many respects we're both you know environmental management systems you know But we kind of go about it in different ways. So, you know, fourteen thousand and one is a great EMS, environmental management system. It provides a brilliant framework, doesn't it, for organisations? Right. Um, What you might need to be doing within that is sort of, you know, so well, where we're different is that we're we're using existing company data around, you know, uh, around consumption, be it energy, water, waste, travel, transport, that type of stuff. Um, We collate all of those different. Uh, Metrics, if you like, and we net them into carbon. So we take a bunch of different metrics and we turn it into a carbon footprint for a company. So you've already got that data. Yeah, we help you know collect and collate it and give you a system for doing that. Turn it into carbon, and we use that as a baseline, a quantifiable baseline for you know performance. We're using carbon as a proxy for sustainability. So you say, right, that's our carbon footprint this year. Next year we need to reduce it to get this you know hold onto the planet mark. How can we go about doing that? And it's that question then that drives change. How can we do better? Yeah, better one year, better the next, because it's a rolling annual baseline. Your previous year is your new baseline. So you have to beat it and beat it again and again and again. And what we found in doing this for the last, you know, seven years in the Planet market and its forerunners before that, you know, over a decade, is some of these companies out there have been reducing carbon relentlessly for 10 or more years. Yeah, and there could be companies in in a, in you know the field of accountancy, legal, or construction, or wherever they are, cross sectors. They cut carbon relentlessly year on year on year. It's totally possible to do that. And then okay. the last bit in terms of we're not an acronym, we're not a bunch of letters and numbers, right? So you know, there's a long history of fan. You know, you know, uh, great work with the ISOs. Yeah, it's fantastic. But actually, to a lot of people. They don't know what that stands for. They don't know what fourteen thousand and one stands for. So mm-hmm. we decided to call our certification something that people might understand that if they see the planet mark, it might mean that something you know they just recognise that something good is taking place here. It signifies somebody is tackling issues in around the planet and society, and um, and that communication device we think is very very important to to support change.
0: And you've mentioned the Eden Project um, and what is that relationship you have with the Eden Project and does that tie in with what you've just been talking about as well?
1: Yeah I think so because we kind of went down to Eden and saw we were introduced to Sir Tim Smith and his team some years ago. Um, Eden is you know, a charity, they're a global charity and their kind of remit is to connect people with each other and with nature so it's about actually it's a people-driven charity yeah, they're about people and society, how they connect with each other to bring people together, but also to connect them with nature, which we know is very sort of um, life-enhancing and fulfilling. And in doing that work, um, Eden know how to sort of communicate these these issues with an individual and make them relevant to people. A million a year, people go down to Eden, or they, you know, up to up to this crazy year they did, and um, uh, so you know, so they've they've honed this ability to communicate big issues in a very very simple way, and that's why we wanted to partner with them. Um, our partnership is very relaxed, to be frank. So we want to connect people into Eden organisations because they, they they help, yeah, they help transform people and 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 organisations, um, and also we believe in their work in terms of you know spreading the word of the importance of the environment. So. We give 5% of all of our certification fees into uh, our business certification fees into Eden and just sort of contribute to them as a charity. So it's a, it's a very close symbiotic sort of symbiotic relationship, but based on a fundamental principle that, you know, we're in a transformational time and, you know, we and they and you and others have got a role to play in helping us transform into a thriving planet. And that's what we're, we're based on the same philosophy. Okay. Brilliant.
0: Um. I'm- what, you've talked about um social value and you're starting to bring social value into planet mark uh what uh, if you could talk more about how 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 I mean how do you do how do you do that and then um if we could start to explore about you know where you see you going and what you see the future holding
1: sure thing yeah um to to just before we do the social value part, we kind of got these three steps which I think are really important and, and that's why I mean, you know, social value measures an organization's contribution to society and it measures it in terms of pounds or, or economic value that's a nicer way of putting it okay so why do we, so we've got these three steps about measurement engagement and communication in what we do and I think that whether you, you know, work with us or anybody those are pretty useful things to think about just in terms of framing your sustainability program the reason why we wanted to measure um social value is that it's normally in a pot um uh, in csr yeah and you know sometimes it's inside a company where their are great their great work sits in their csr programs but they don't know how to uh sort of get maximum value from it i suppose in some respects so that they do great stuff but it's not always reported into a board to say do you know what our people are doing you know to support incredible work in society do you know how we're volunteering? Do you know the people that we're taking on? Do you know that some of the sort of the, the work of our organisation is, you know, goes beyond its economic impact, is supporting society, it has a massive role to play. And um, so how you measure that is there's a series of sort of proxies that you can apply to the sort of the social work you might be doing around volunteering, taking apprenticeships, you know, providing sort of, you know, educational support, um, philanthropic giving, even cutting carbon as a social value. There's different proxies, if you like, to those things. You apply those proxies to the type of work that you do, and then you, you equate your social value. Very similar in concept to measuring carbon. A bunch of different metrics, mm-hmm. price some factors to those, and then you've got your contribution. Now, if you play that back into a business, it means that number, a couple of things happen. One is they start to remind themselves about the stuff that they're already doing. Yeah, actually, we are doing incredible work to support local communities. For instance, yeah, we're employing people locally. We might have local supply chain. Um, and then when you start to quantify it, then um, that p- kind of puts it in the language of board might understand. Yeah, and and sometimes a board might say, "Oh, that CSI is that fluffy stuff." It's not, is it? Yeah, that's just it's the opposite of what it is. It's the it's the great you know intrinsic value that organization is playing out in society and you can equate it and give it back to a board or c-suite or wherever they are and say look this is what you're doing It's great you know do you know that and can you do more as soon as you do that they say yeah you know wow i didn't know this stuff and if you want another tangible benefit from it sometimes if you put your social value in a tender or in a pre-qualification questionnaire, or a bid, or something like that. I say, listen, we've worked out. We know what our contribution society is. It's this, that, and you know, these. This is what it is in terms of economic impact. But it's based on stories of the work that we're doing because the people yeah. in our company get it and they care about our society. So it's cultural. So it's an opportunity to actually sometimes win business as well. So yeah, we're uh, it.
0: Yeah. as it should be. As it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Because the more people that understand how valuable it is, the more people will do it, and the more people will ask right. of it, and so
1: it's self-replicating, self-replic- isn't it? Hundred percent. You know, so you know, if if an organisation can talk with confidence and you know some authority, but also some humbleness about the work they were doing, given the fact that, listen, we all know we could be doing better um, mm-hmm. in this rapidly changing world, and we're all trying to keep up with it. But, at, you know, right now, this is what we've done, this is what we're trying to do, and this is our trajectory. Then, you know, for a company to say that in the public domain, backed up with some evidence and support to what they're saying is truthful, then maybe others will follow suit because we know that purpose-led brands outperform those that aren't. That's a fact, yeah. So, you know, this is about purpose, and companies sort of like, you know, are contributing. This is their time to do that
0: and have you seen any common themes trends over the last 16 years of companies um because i know i could possibly talk about talk about this because we've been doing this for quite a long time so it'd just be interesting to know your kind of what if you've seen difference in rhetoric in conversations that you have with people or you know um over the last 16 or so years
1: yeah, I, I, I think that um, – see, we've been doing it a while, haven't we, right? Not as long as some. Yeah, we haven't quite got burnt out yet, have mm. we? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so there was a lot – in our early doors, there was a lot of talk, probably greenwashing type of stuff wasn't there. I think there was a recognition, 2000s-ish, um, about stuff that was taking place. We might have gone off the boil a little bit through our um, you know recession in the UK specifically. Right now, right now is different. Yeah, right now is um, uh, a recognition around uh, the need to act and act with urgency, and Mm -hmm. the recognition that you need to change uh, to, you know, um, you know, turn that action into change. It's a systemic change and into individual change, and they will work together and hand in hand, and then um, we might, you know, work our way out of this sticky situation we're in
0: Mm. yeah it's um it seems that people are more on it now it seems more um it seems more important and people understand the justification of either spending money or time in an organization to ensure that your organization is going to become more sustainable and environmental
1: i think it's like uh you know there is an awakening uh there is a collective consciousness um uh i think that organizations are coming at it from any particular angle so there's regulatory requirement like streamlined energy carbon reporting seca there's esos there's so there's regulations that start to come in we're on a trajectory to the net zero aren't we yeah um It looks a long way out, but I think it's going to be coming closer and closer. uh, um, So there's that sort of systemic stuff and regulatory stuff. I think there is, um, you know, stuff around brand and brand opportunity and brand risk for organizations. Um, I think you need to be seen to be doing it and doing it with, you know, being genuine. Um, I think People want to work with organizations who are aligned with their own personal values. Mm. Yeah, who wants to work for a company which is screwing the planet? Yeah, no one wants to do that. And if you are, well, okay, you're probably becoming more and more of a minority. So we're probably in a transition period now. It feels very febrile, doesn't it? There's a lot going on. Um, It looks a little bit like the last hurrah of the old way and maybe the new way of living and working Mm. is coming through perhaps
0: can you tell us a bit about how you engage your staff um suppliers customers with your mission and purpose
1: yeah um and i suppose this is an interesting one for us isn't it because we kind of got a shared purpose you know so our purpose as an entity is the planet mark is what also you know how we you know very much for our for everyone who works with us you know uh in the company and alongside the company but also with every holder of the planet mark and So from a purpose, you know, we kind of talk about a world where we all contribute to a thriving planet and together we're a collective force for good. That's sort of our underlying purpose and our filter by which we can make our own sort of decisions. Um, You can imagine that inside the company, there's quite a lot of passionate and knowledgeable people. Um, And so actually it's not difficult to engage our own people. What is quite difficult sometimes is saying no. Because there's a lot to do, isn't there? Yeah. You know, so we're tackling carbon, and there's that's, you know, that's a whole thing. We're looking at social value. That's the thing. You know, what else is on the radar? How do we embed SDGs into everything that we do? You know, quantifiably embed the SDGs? Do we look, you know, how do we ensure that every, that we and our customer base is on not only science based targets, but on a trajectory for zero carbon? Mm -hmm. How do you advise them around sort of offsetting? Yeah. Um, how do we look at social justice, diversity, diversity, inclusion, and looking at everything about ensuring that we as an organisation are understanding um, our role in uh, being positively anti-racist, Yeah, Mm -hmm. looking at um, accessibility into our industry, into our profession from a sustainability point of view, knowing that climate change is affecting everybody and it's an inclusive issue. Where there are, you know, inclusive solutions, we need every voice around the table. How can we do that? Now, as a smallish company, of 20 odd people, quite a big reach beyond that. Um, we want to do a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So sometimes the challenge for us is saying, okay, let you know, what can we do really, really well? How can we get stuff onto the radar that we know is important, um, but it's just accepting one or two things that we can't tackle right now.
0: Mm-hmm. And when it comes to running an ethical and sustainable business, what would you say your biggest struggle so far has been? Can you tell us a bit about how you've overcome it?
1: Um, so I think the biggest struggle is, is, is actually that saying no bit because we all want to do something, right? And we want to do more and more and more, you know, issues, you know, air quality and everything. Well, we've got, you know, until we've got a system in place to, you know, to follow our process of that measurement engagement communicate bit, then, you know, we just have to acknowledge that we can't get everything into the planet mark right now. Um, And so saying no. I think that also, you know, we have to be very clear with ourselves and with our customer base about um, it's not always what we do, it's how we do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, a lot of people want to meet us. We want to meet them, but we just acknowledge the fact we're not always going to travel, yeah, Mm -hmm. which is more, you know, we've made that leap now, haven't we, this year. Um, Prior to that, it was sometimes a bit of a challenge. Um, uh, And so I suppose just, you know, using our our purpose filter as a way that we help to make business decisions helps us make better decisions, I suppose. You know, does that contribute to a thriving planet, (laughs) you know? Sometimes you can get a yes or no out of that.
0: And can you tell us, um, could you offer a piece of advice to our listeners that could help them with their purpose and what would that be?
1: Um, yeah, I think that um if it is the lens that so if you are clear about your your organis- you know, the purpose of your organization, uh, the first thing is be clear. Yeah. Why do you exist? Ask that question and on you know, and then get the answers out. Across your organisation, that's not just from a board perspective. If you are clear about why you exist as as an organisation, um, if you can articulate that purpose, um, if you have got everyone in your company bought into that, then then you're going to operate, you know, culturally from that 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 point of purpose. Um, and that is a really significant, enlightening step to take. What is it? Why do you exist? Does does everyone understand that? And can we communicate that? And then how might we then go about running the business in that respect? Right now, yeah, you know, it's, it's, you know, this is the time for purpose led organizations, isn't it? Because they're fleet of foot enough. Those are the people who've got passion for change and they can deliver it. This is their time, and
0: I, I kind of I think I've kind of talked about this before. And forgive me for kind of, but do you any do you see any common themes right now? Um, from right as in co- we are going through, as you've alluded to, we're talking um, four or five months like what it's October, um, beginning of October into a real difference in working and you've been at the forefront of still certifying companies and seeing systemic change and now what five months in have is there anything that you have seen that you've gone wow that's interesting that's that's pretty cool that this is this is actually happening because you know you really are at the kind of cutting edge of change
1: as it were I, yeah we're really fortunate to so yeah it's an interesting it's that's a great question because yeah because we can hear stuff so i'm always asking my team to 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 just tell us what we're hearing because we're hearing it from organizations who have chosen to do something or those who you know who are trying to figure out how to do something and are trying to figure out what's the best thing for them to do so what's so carbon you know reducing carbon emissions is is not going away. So even through the crisis that we're in right now, this immediate crisis that we're in, the underlying climate crisis and its urgency have come through louder within this period. Yeah, Prior to this period, there was a massive acceleration on you know, uptake in terms of working with companies like like, like our one at the planet So, uh, and through this crisis, though, that is that momentum is still building it's there yeah so um you know we've gone from incremental change on carbon to zero carbon so in terms of something that we're seeing and hearing it's definitely about zero carbon there's still a desire some desire for carbon neutral offsetting is coming back into play because right now to get to zero carbon you 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 have to be considering offsetting, at least in terms of your, you know, scope three emissions, yeah? So zero carbon, carbon neutral, offsetting, yeah, all underpinned by recognition that we should be reducing carbon annually and, you know, at scale, right? So um, number one is that's what we're hearing. Two is that uh, this incredible, you know, adoption of, you know, different way of working. you know through this crisis has, has has shone a light on actually what is possible yeah uh, so we're hearing that yeah we're talking on on you know the zoom or skype whatever this is you know teams uh that's happening everywhere people are wanting to work from home yeah what does that mean you know we're still figuring all that out aren't we um and you know without question you know the the elevation of of the sort of structural systemic issues that sort of face people of colour around the Black Lives Matter movement is also something that is, this period has really sort of uh, brought to light, I think. Yeah, as we're, we're probably individually questioning, you know, know, what makes us tick as individuals within this sort of, rather sort of I don't know, existential moment.
0: Mm. And how, how do we learn more about you and find out more about you and Planet Mark?
1: Um, well, you can follow us on Twitter, to so at the Planet Mark. Um, you can take a look at us online um, uh, on theplanetmark.com. Um, and you know, you know, uh, look. People say, "Who do you compete with?" We go, "We we don't, right? We what we compete with is sort of the do nothing inertia situation." So from an organization's perspective, we don't care who you work with, just let's just get cracking together, right? Um and um you know, anyone in our space we think is doing a great job. Yeah. Um and we know that loads and loads of organizations out there are doing a great job. There's a lot that want to do more, and I think that's a sort of a space where we can support them. You know, other companies like ours. Um get your arms around sustainability and, and, and making it sort of embedded in the company that cliche actually that is a bit of a challenge so this you know so but there's simple ways of doing that
0: brilliant brilliant thank you great words of wisdom um have you um is there anything is there anything else you want to kind of add to what we're talking about
1: uh, uh well so yeah great words of wisdom it's always sort of I think that actually bringing a sense of humor and humbleness to this humongous, these humongous issues that we face, uh, doesn't half help, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, um, uh, you know, that's our, that's our style is to, to help sort of, uh, make it, you know, seem doable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you can bring a sense of levity to some very tough times and tough situations, then it just helps keep everything moving and on the radar and we know that um climate anxiety is a real thing across Mm -hmm. ages and demographics um and particularly you know worrying amongst young people isn't it yeah so sometimes there's a way of sort of turning you know uh you know eradicating some anxiety by taking action That, that really helps too yeah so um uh, I have no if I, I there's no other words of wisdom Fact that my personal way of dealing with this thing is to try and be on the front foot about it and mm-hmm. um and just have a, a slightly light touch to to it in places yeah, yeah, yeah that just helps keep keep me going on a personal basis yeah
0: i think you have to i think you have to just um be positive and as you say front foot forward thinking just thinking about the future and pushing yourself and the organisation you're working for?
1: It can be. It's a tough time, but, you know, it's exciting as well, right? And, um, you know, somebody says, what did you do? You know, I want to make sure I've got an answer to that.
0: Brilliant. Yeah. Steve, thank you so much for, having, for coming on to the show today and for talking to me. As always, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Well,
1: you are a star, yeah? <laughs> Just put that out there. thank you you're
0: (laughs) bad if you'd like to get hold of me will richardson please do at william at greenelement.co.uk or if you'd like to get hold of us at the podcast it's podcast at greenelement.co.uk thank you